Hey, what's up, Warriors? It is Jeff from WarriorLife.com, and welcome to podcast episode number 328. And it's time to put up your dukes in this week's training segment because I'm going to share with you my personal 10 commandments of self-defense to protect you and your loved ones from a real street attack. Now, it's all coming right up, and don't worry about taking notes because we've done all the heavy lifting for you in this week's free show notes, including a handy-dandy one-page cheat sheet you can download absolutely free over at www.warriorlifepodcast.com slash 328. And now, let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training. Urban survival. Close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. Hey there, welcome back everybody. It is Jeff Anderson, Executive Director of WarriorLife.com. And listen, self-defense is one of those topics that I know it is it is hotly debated within the martial arts world. And anytime you bring up like what system is best, what martial art is best for personal defense, like these types of conversations, they're almost always going to melt down into some idiotic, like my master can beat up your master tirade online. And I know because I get it all the time on our YouTube channel with my own self-defense training videos over there. And listen, I get it. Like those who take any kind of a martial art or a fighting system for the purposes of self-protection, they most likely chose that art or that system for a reason. And I'm sure they're getting effective training and I'm sure it all works quite lovely in the relaxed atmosphere of a dojo with a compliant training partner. And yes, there are some fighting systems out there that are better than others at personal defense. Some are more street-based and less traditional. Some have been touted as being used by the military. And if you check out like our lineup of networked instructors that we have on our website, you're going to see that there are experts from several different types of combatives backgrounds. And I can tell you that all of them have been hand chosen for our network because we personally found their training to stand out from all other systems or philosophies out there. Now, let me say this before any of you get your tidy whities in a wad by commenting on this episode that I have no freaking clue what I'm talking about. For me, the bottom line fact is this any combative system or technique can work in a real street attack. Anything can. I mean, who am I to say that some foo-foo-y double, double somersault dragon kick that you've been able to master can't win you in a fight on the street? I can't tell you that, and neither can anyone else. If that's the one thing that you've been able to master, and you can pull it off lightning quick, and it, and it works for you in a real attack, I can't tell you that it doesn't work. Of course it does. But you need to be practical with these things. And with that said, in my own training over the last 40-some years, nearly 40 years, there are some foundational commandments that if self-protection is your reason for learning any martial system, these are the most critical to understand no matter what you choose to train with. Now, there are 10 of these commandments that I've come up with, and here they are, all right? Commandment number one is your mind is your worst enemy and your greatest weapon. So listen, if you think you can't win, your attacker is going to read that in your body language. Anybody that is a bully out there, anybody that tries to start a fight with you, and I'm going to assume that this is an attack. It's either a criminal attack or it is an argument in a bar or something that somebody is is a, being the aggressor to you. I'm going to assume that you're not the one out there trying to pick a fight, right? So if if they are, they're going to read your body language. Everybody is trying to assess whether or not they can win the fight. 
your aggressor is doing it, and you're going to do it as well. Now, your aggressor is only going to try and choose that attack if they think that they can beat you in a real fight. So, it comes down to your mind, because your brain wants to do the same thing. Should I fight? Should I freeze? Should I run away, right? Your mind is going to be your worst enemy. This is why most people are really worried about fighting somebody that is twice as big as them, somebody who is a bigger, stronger attacker than them, because the mind tells you you can't beat them up. And so that ends up happening. What ends up happening is that you end up curling up in a ball or hoping that they're not going to fight you. And then they fight you. And then you just end up curling up in a ball and waiting for the beating to end. That is a quick path to dying. Okay. So your mind is your worst enemy. If you defeat yourself, it is going to show in your body language and your attacker is most likely going to attack you because it's safe for them. Likewise, it can be your greatest weapon. One, in keeping the fight from happening at all, because if your attacker reads that you have a level of confidence, if you don't look scared, then you then, they, then they're going to assess that maybe I can't win this and they might back off a little bit. Giving them an out for that really helps as well, right? So... You, it can be your greatest weapon in avoiding the fight to begin with, but then also you have to understand that you really can win. And I don't care how small you are, how weak you are, how old you are. You really can win in a real street attack, even if that person is twice as big and strong as you. You literally can do it. It really comes down to the science of it. And there is a science to the body. And there's a science to breaking down that body as well. So that is commandment number one, that your mind is your worst enemy and your greatest weapon. So learn how to master that weapon. Commandment number two is your best defense is a strong offense. So you do not want to wait for their attack, thinking that you can block it. So this is one of the the problems with a lot of martial arts systems out there is that they teach you blocking. I'm not a fan of blocking. Now, there are ways to be able to avoid getting hit. There are ways to be able to, I mean, if somebody is going to be striking you, there are ways that you can keep that from doing damage. But you don't want to think in terms of blocking. So a lot of martial arts systems, the person in front of you that you're training with goes to punch you and you block it and you counter strike. It's wasted energy. There, um, this is again where people get their tidy whities in a wad here and they start saying, I can play. Well, listen, action is always going to be faster than reaction. So you don't want to wait to find out if this person is going to strike you or not. Okay. The, your best defense is to think offensively in that you're going to destroy this person in front of you. This kind of goes back to your mind being your greatest weapon. You have to know in your brain that you can destroy this person and you need to think offensively if this person is absolutely going to attack you. Which brings me to commandment number three. You have to know when you're actually in a fight. You have to know when you're in a fight. And this is one of the biggest problems that I see with most people when it comes to being able to defend themselves in any sort of an attack. In fact, we've done, I've done, a, I think, a few different podcast episodes on this topic about this. When do you make that mental switch in your brain? Most people don't re- realize when they're actually in a fight, when there is no out, when the person in front of them is going to strike them. There are some uh, surefire signs of when somebody is going to strike, but most of the time you can figure it out well ahead of time before their body even shows it. Um, This is one of the things that we talk about in our Defeat Larger Attackers DVD, where you can watch this video. It's a street fight video. Um, I I think we've got the website up now over at DefeatLargerAttackers.com. 
But there's a video there that happens where you can really watch how somebody, and it's a big person that is getting basically woofed on by somebody who is larger than them, but the person that is being targeted is also a pretty big guy. And you can see the mental breakdown here of the person that they don't realize that they're actually in a fight long before this fight ever happens. You have to be able to spot the signs of an attack and know when it is actually, when that person in front of you, when you realize that there's no out and you are going to have to fight. Okay. So you've got to know that most people don't go watch that video and you'll see exactly what I mean. All right. Commandment number four is you never want to telegraph your attack. You want to use the element of surprise. Now, one way to do this is to have your hands up in a submissive gesture. So you want to make sure that the person in front of you that is the aggressor sees that you don't want to fight. In fact, one of the things that we talk about in our DVD on uh, on how to defeat larger attackers is to yell out, as especially if it's a public area, that you don't want to fight. You want to look like you do not want this person to attack you and you don't want to get hit and you don't want to fight them. Now, this is going to do a couple of things. One, it's going to show people around you that you don't want to fight. So if the fight happens and if you end up destroying this person, when the police come and they're taking reports, people around you are going to say, hey, look, this guy didn't want to he didn't want to fight. Yeah, the guy's got a broken leg and he's missing an eyeball. But, you know, the guy that 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 beat him up said he didn't want to fight and he had his hands up like, look, guy, just back off. I don't want I don't want to fight you. So one thing that's going to help you is legally. But the second way is that it's going to give you the element of surprise. So if this person doesn't take the 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 out, the out from you to be able, basically give him a respectful out and be able to defuse the attack and they decide that they still want to fight, well, it's going to give you the almost surprise because now they think that they you, like you're not going to fight back, all right? But when you see that they are are not taking that out that you've given them, That is where we come to commandment number five, which is you need to strike first. Now, it's commandment number four that is going to help you be able to do that because you're going to have the element of surprise. And even though you're the first one to strike that person, you're going to be able to tell the police when they come to mop up the body there that you didn't want to fight. You told him you didn't want to fight, but he was still going. You were in fear for your life. You you felt like in order to defend yourself, you had to strike this person first. So, and you do want to strike first. As we said, action is always faster than reaction. You don't want to think defensively. You don't want to defeat yourself there. Your best defense is that strong offense. So, strike first. Don't wait for the first punch. Don't think you can block it. The, you, once the, most of the time, the, first, the person who throws the first blow is going to be the one that's going to win the fight. So, don't you want to be that person? especially when it comes to defending yourself, especially if your loved ones are with you, okay? All right, commandment number six is you need to strike hard. Now, hard is kind of the operative term here, but it can mean either you do need to strike them very hard with as much power as you can. Of course, you want to be able to do that, but it can also mean that you are striking a target that will have an effect on them that is going to have an effect on them. So basically, if you... Think about just punching somebody and you striking them like most people are just going to try and do a haymaker punch straight to the to the face or to the head. But is that really the best target for you to be able to strike? 
I mean, you can see any sort of straight street fight videos that are out there of people that are striking away at the face and the head and nothing seems to be happening to the other person, especially if this person is bigger and stronger than you. The head is designed to take blows. It is. Okay, so you need to be able to hit at a target that is going to have an effect on that person that is going to either take their balance or be able to knock them out in one strike. And yes, that is a possibility, okay? Or it can also mean that you're striking with a body weapon that has the most power. It doesn't necessarily have to be a punch. We're going to talk about that here. But you do want to strike hard. You you do want to have an effect on their body and being able to and making sure that everything that you do is getting you closer to ending that fight. All right. Commandment number seven is you need to strike repeatedly. Strike repeatedly. So just as with a handgun, you never stop shooting until there is no more threat. You don't just shoot once at the person that's charging at you. You're going to keep shooting until there is no more threat there. You're shooting to stop the attack. Well, the same thing goes when it comes to hand-to-hand combat. You want to keep striking this person repeatedly until they are no longer a threat. They are either knocked out, they are down on the ground, uh, and unable to fight back. You need to make sure that you continue that attack. You don't just punch them once or strike them once or kick them once and say, hey, man, back off. I don't want to fight you anymore. If once you pull that trigger in your brain that your, you have, that your defense is, is, is on the line here and that your life is on the line, that you have to fight back, you don't stop striking that person until the fight is over. Now, if they're knocked out unconscious on the ground, you don't keep striking them in the head. Okay. You just go until there is no more threat. Okay. Commandment number eight is never punch. Never punch. Okay. Now, this is one of this is one of those areas where I know. Listen, I have a YouTube video that has about 15 million views on it. It went viral because I told people uh, years back, you never want to punch in a real street fight, and I stand by that. And like I said, this this video went viral for a reason because there are a lot of people out there that tell me I have no idea what I'm talking about. Look at boxers out there. People in the hot box. You can you know I I punch a person. I punched this person, and they got knocked out. Listen. Go ahead and do that. But as I said, the brain, most people are, are punching away at the head, right? So most people like, or, or the head is designed to be able to take a blow like that. Okay. The brain is a very fragile thing. And so it's, it's packed in this fluid and it's got this hard structure around it. And if you ever punched a brick wall or in anger or something like that, you can easily break your hand. You can break your fingers. You can break your, break your knuckles or, you know, what, what, what you're going to break something there or you're, you're going to have a swollen fist, you might not even feel at the time. But if you lose the structure in your hand, then you're not you're potentially not going to have the ability for follow up strikes for striking repeatedly. Now, there are boxers. Mike Tyson has broken his hand. And those are those times where he actually had his hands inside of boxing gloves. And think about that. Boxers. Yes, they are punching. They learn how to punch, but they use padded boxing gloves out there. Okay. If you look at some of the old style MMA where before they were really using any sort of padding on their on their hands and it really was bare fisted, the best attackers out there like Boss Rutten oftentimes use palm heels and things like that for strikes so that they didn't lose the structure of their hand. If you if you break that structure that you've got in your fist, now you're potentially not going to be able to follow up with any other strikes using that fist. But for those of us out there that do carry a, a weapon of some sort, like I carry a handgun with me, 
if you lose the structure of your hand to be able to uh, close your close your hand or be able to get to your weapon and use that weapon, well, that's a serious disadvantage that you, ha- that you have. So when I say strike first, strike hard, strike repeatedly, a strike can mean a kick, it can mean an elbow, it can mean a hammer fist, and a hammer fist, but it shouldn't actually be your fist with your knuckles, as most people are taught in martial arts. Now, listen, I've battled this out even with my own martial arts instructor and Krav Maga and everything else, right? So, listen, I get it. People are have a very, um, uh, very they're very opinionated about this. I stand by it for the same purposes that I just told you, and then I talk about in that video. And I think we'll probably have a link to that video. You can go check it out yourself in the resources here for, for this podcast episode, all right? All right, brings us to commandment number nine, which is every attack is a multi-attack. You need to make sure that you understand that that person that you're fighting in front of you, after you beat them, that is not going to be the only person that you're going to have to fight. This may or may not be true in the actual encounter, but you can't afford to be basically blindsided by another attack by somebody else that is close by. Now, that could be a gang situation where you are in a street attack or somebody comes out to basically out of the shadows and out of the parking lot and you're able to beat this person up, but it was a gang-related attack. Somebody was waiting in a car there for their person to get your wallet and then take off. You don't know if that person, if if there is somebody that is a co-conspirator in that crime itself. You also don't know if it, if it's a restaurant or a bar situation or uh, a sim- similar scenario like that, somebody's friend might see you beat this person up or you're already attacking them and in the process of beating them up and, and winning the fight. And then somebody comes out of nowhere with a kick to the to your coconut because it's a friend of theirs. It could even be somebody that thinks that you're the aggressor. It could be an innocent bystander that thinks that you're the person who is the aggressor and trying to attack this person and beat them up. And they might come in to save the day, not realizing that you're just defending yourself. In any in any case, you need to assume that every attack is a multi-attack. And you need to expect the unexpected. So if that person is down there in front of on the ground and you've beaten them up, you need to look around, just as we teach when it comes to firearms training, you need to be able to look around you and see, is there somebody else that um, looks like they're going to attack you? Is there somebody heading your way? You need to do this understanding that there might be already be a punch headed your way. So you need to make sure that you do cover up, that you are looking around and see what else is around you. And you do not want to stick around to admire your handiwork. You want to get out of dodge because you don't know when that person's, if somebody went to go tell that person's buddy, hey, your friend's getting beaten up. You don't know how much time you have to be able to stick around. You don't want to wait around for that person, to, for that buddy to come out there and say, hey, which guy is it? And somebody points at you and now you're in another attack. Don't stick around to admire your handiwork. Just get the hell out of dodge. Call 911, call the police, and be able to tell them, you were, hey, listen, I was attacked. I'm getting out of there. I don't know if this person has buddies or not. It was at this location. You want to be able to report it there. You don't want to leave the scene, so to speak, without sort of making sure that you're on record as saying, hey, look, this person was attacking me. I was in fear for my life. And you don't know what happens in, in this to this person that you just left behind bleeding, okay? Okay. Brings us to commandment number 10, which is you can't karate chop a bullet. It's a fact, folks. You can't karate chop a bullet. Multiply force whenever you're able. Look to, first of all, carry a weapon if you can. Whatever you are comfortable carrying, you should. I carry a firearm because I don't want to take on 
um, 10 gangbangers in a parking lot with nothing but my fisticuffs, all right? I'm going to multiply my force as much as I possibly can. The best way to do that is with a firearm. I also carry other backup weapons with me as well. I do have a knife, a legally carried knife on me. I carry other weapons, but I make sure I know that I might not be able to get to those weapons. It could be a situation where I am attacked and ambushed in a parking lot, and I don't see the attack coming. Well, my gun is going to help me unless I can get to it. But when I can get to it, I'm going to have it out. If I'm in a fight, it's because I thought my life or my my safety was in jeopardy. So I'm justified to go to whatever level of force that I possibly can. I'm not going to fight unless I feel like my life is in jeopardy. And therefore, and because first of all, I can tell the police I can tell the police that I've seen people in real attacks. Um, I know how 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 uh, fragile the human body is. And how quickly somebody can die in a an unarmed attack. And so I don't know if this person has people that are waiting for me in the shadows. I don't know if this is a multiple attack uh, uh, fight. So if I am literally attacked with my with somebody with their hands, I'm not going to um, assume that this is just one person. I can beat them. All right. So you need to understand the legalities of it. But I'm going to go to my weapon when I can to be able to protect myself after I've been attacked. So I'm going to get to my gun as quickly as I can or some other weapon. So you need to understand that your hands, no matter how trained you are in a martial art or combative system, I don't care. Have a weapon that you feel like you are comfortable carrying and learn how to use it. All right. All right. Those are my 10 commandments of self-defense. I want to hear yours. We should actually have our um, episodes up now where our, our our system for commenting should be available now on our new website over at warriorlife.com. So look for this pod, podcast episode. Um, if you got it in an email, it should take you directly over there. So make sure that you are on our email list and that you're getting this, uh, getting our, our information out there, our training information. I want to hear what are some other things that I missed in my ten, in my commandments, all right? What are the foundational things for self-protection that you feel everybody must understand? Please leave a comment. I'd love to hear from you over at our website at warriorlife.com. Until our next Warrior Life broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.